are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 19th of November, a roller coaster weekend in the rear view mirror. We'll try to figure out what it all means. Philadelphia, Boston, and now Indiana. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice for Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Can you insight, expertise, a lot of geeky numbers to take a look at what's going on with your favorite basketball team. We do it every day for you in hopefully 30 minutes or less. We don't ever really get to that point, but we try uh, to get it for you in 30 minutes or less. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify, or tell your smart speaker to listen to podcasts locked on NBA. All right, let's walk through the weekend. Um, What a roller coaster right now it is to be a jazz fan. we will play, by the way, our 11th road game tonight. That is the most of any team in the NBA. And we play five of our next seven on the road. How's that? Now, after tonight, not six, six of our next eight overall. Um, all part of this, what I am calling 12-game road trip that we hit night five of today. Uh, so quite a stretch. And if the Jazz, every single one of these wins should just be cherished. Um, and see if the Jazz can can get them rolling. So let's walk through the weekend a little bit. We'll um, we'll take a look at our various kind of numbers as we always do. Talk about each game and then preview uh, what's going on with the Pacers. If you have not done so yet, please follow Locked On NBA Net on Twitter. You get a feed of all of the hosts of the Locked On Podcast Network. And then also locked on NBA on net on Instagram. You get the biggest stories of the week, both NFL and NBA, at locked on NBA net and locked on NFL net uh, on Instagram in one minute, plus some larger versions in your feed. All right, so the weekend, the Philadelphia 76ers game, let's start there. I really left that game somewhat, uh, quite honestly, unimpressed with the 76ers. Uh, My reaction on that night was really as much as anything that we did not play well if the Sixers were as good as everyone thinks they are or as that they have been talked about. They should have been up by, uh, frankly, you know, they should have been up by quite a lot. They should have been ahead and been up by 20 at one point because we were not playing well that night um our offensive rating that night again was a struggle uh if you go look at our game by game offense that night we were 99.7 so it was our third straight game on this road trip of below uh one point per possession which is it's really hard to win that way um defensively we were really quite good until the very end of the ballgame. Uh, kept us in the game with our defense. It ended up being a 109.6, which was not a particularly uh, good defensive game. But we we stayed in the game because of our defense and ran through the same kind of thing that we've been running through all year, which is we just can't shoot. Um, 
We just haven't been a strong enough shooting team. Even if you kind of look back on the road trip in Memphis, um, when we go five of twenty-one in Memphis from above the arc on threes, like it's that was not a that was not a night in which we were suddenly great um, in any way, shape, or form shooting and got the win. Uh, I lost. Wait a sec. We lost in Memphis. No, one in Memphis, lost in Dallas. Um, because I, I don't know. Um, we and then shot obviously terribly in Dallas, but we, in against Philadelphia, we go four of twenty-two from three. Donovan goes one of eleven. Rubio goes one of two. Crowder, who's just in a horrendous slump over his last five games, Jay shooting twenty percent from three and thirty-two percent from the field. Uh, and we go four of twenty-two, and so we fall in that one. Largely, again, on this whole element, we just can't shoot well enough. And it's pretty unner- it was pretty unnerving uh, leaving that game, to be quite frank with everyone. Um, you just began to get this question of, of really, interestingly enough, by the way, almost exactly how we felt at the same time last year. You know, when Rubio wasn't shooting well at this time a year ago and we had the miserable game against Miami, just this feeling that there's no chance that if the, you're just not shooting well enough to win and you wonder if you're ever going to be able to uh, shot distribution that game against Philadelphia was great. 36 shots at the rim, um, 19 shots in the paint, non-restricted, which is high, but with Embiid there, but you have to kind of almost look at that shot chart and then four of 21 from three with one backcourt. He four of 11 on mid range, just, Nothing, and we can, there's not a, and then the other part of the 76ers game was just the mistakes. Ricky Rubio committing fouls at 30 feet that gave up free throws, miscommunication between Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert on a layup late. Um, Just plays that this team is going to have to make to win. The other thing that jumped out to me from the Philadelphia 76er game is, and this, we knew the Sixers were good, but. Because really no one's awful. I mean, there are 14 of the 15 teams in the Western Conference are legitimate. Lee right now can talk about the playoffs. 14 of the 15. Sacramento probably won't over the long haul. But Dallas has won five in a row. So, you might. So, but right now, 14 of the 15 can talk about it. And if 14 of the 15 can talk about it, then it means that what it is is that there's nobody that's terrible. So if you have a bad shooting night, you're going to lose, it seems. On almost any night you play. You used to be able to cover up a bad shooting night by doing something else. If you have a you know, thirty seven free throws and the Jazz only make twenty one of them would have been the way you cover that one up in Philadelphia. So I love Philadelphia unimpressed by the seventy sixers and really from our standpoint, just wow, can are we can we shoot well enough to win games? And are we, and what's going on that we're making mistakes that we've never made before? few other storylines out of that game when we were done was the 35 shots, zero assists. That's extreme, but, you know, it's interesting. Ron Boone's reaction was take 40. Donovan Mitchell took 35 shots, had no assists. Take 40. That there's no, that he's not bothered by it. And frankly, there aren't that many other guys to shoot. So, Go take them. 
Uh, plus minus in that night was awfully strange. Faves was plus 11, and Gobert was a minus 26 that night. A minus 26. Uh, and it was, and strangely, it felt as though Gobert bothered Embiid. Embiid was 7 of 20 that game, had a bucket, had a big three late from the outside. It was a mammoth shot, but you didn't feel as though um, he was impacting the game the way he would if if Rudy wasn't there. Ben Simmons just doesn't shoot anymore. Markel Fultz's free throws are freaky. But, you know, the story coming out of Philadelphia to me was just too many mistakes, self-imposed loss, um, and just not making shots not getting getting looks and not making shots and unnervingly so um would be my take on that one final little hustle stat notes on that game uh for you and and shooting just to back it up the maker miss league aspect of things on that friday night uh the player tracking numbers for the jazz on that game, the Jazz ended up taking 44 shots that were uncontested. They actually made 20 of them. Donovan was 9 of 23 on uncontested shots. Rubio was 4 of 6. Jay was 1 of 5. Philadelphia hit 22 of 46. Then. So that's where we stood after Philly. And frankly, it wasn't great. Like, did not feel super good about a lot of things going on. Uh, with Philly. Uh, Holiday, Thanksgiving is Thursday. Get your holiday shopping done. Get the pies. Get the cake to floors. Get whatever you need at the store at 6200 South and 20th East. The store has all of your holiday shopping needs for you for whether it's just great produce to do your final bit of shopping, whether it's some extra pie or um, cake or, or something for uh, all the f- people that are coming to your house or taking it as a gift to somebody, the store will take care of you. 6200 South, 20th East. You'll feel the local touch. Great cheese section if you're looking for gifts as well. Um, and then, of course, make sure you head to the back right corner or front right corner and get your Mud slide cookie. I'm on the floor at the game before the Boston game, and I have a cookie in my hand. It was a not very good press room cookie. And some guy yells, are you cheating on the mud slide cookie? I'm like, yeah, I, I probably am. Uh, Murdoch Chevy, it's that late time of year. Time to go get your truck, your Suburban, your SUV. It's all going on at Murdoch Chevy in Woods Cross. Tyson runs the Murdoch Chevy in Woods Cross. Such a good guy. I always enjoy seeing him at games uh, with his cute family, firing up, getting ready. And what Tyson has done at Murdoch Chevy is built a shop and a store that gives you that great feeling of community. That's why the Murdochs have been in Utah for 90-plus years. And the truck lineup, terrific. The big Silverado makes it feel like a luxury car every day. The Colorado diesel I drove for a while, loved it. I thought that was the perfect size truck, uh, manageable 
got everything you needed. Great fun of having the truck. And then the diesel uh, gave it all the juice it needed and uh, the fuel efficiency. And finally, there is the SUV lineup. Starting with the Suburban and the Tahoe, they are staples. You know them well. They've been made beautifully for years. Uh, They dominate the region. And then there's the Equinox as well as the Traverse. And the Traverse third row of seatings and all the bells and whistles are super impressive. That's at Murdoch Chevy in Woods Cross, also up in Logan. Check it out and get the Murdoch guarantee of car washes and safety inspection for life, as well as the price match guarantee and the five-day return policy. It's all at Murdoch Chevy. So we leave somewhat depressed in Philadelphia and head to Boston. And then the Jazz kick the crap out of the Celtics. I mean, kick the crap out of the Celtics. So one thing I think that's going on here a little bit is that when the Jazz play teams that switch one through five, they might be better than they are if they're playing a team that drops the big. Tonight we'll play a team that drops the big. Uh, And the Jazz don't love those mid-range shots. They're not great at them. We're not an actually good shooting team. So you drop the big, you take away the rim, and we struggle. Now, Boston took away the rim. Other than a bunch of dunks, we only ended up with 17 shots at the rim in that game, which was a little unusual. But we had 18 shots in the paint non-restricted area, and if you look at the shot chart, frankly, we were right, so many of those were right there. But by the time the night was over, it was not a great offensive night again. Our offensive ratings for this four-game road trip, and 107 is the league average, is a... 98.8, a 65.8, a 99.7, and a 100.8, which was surprising to me when that final number came out. Now, maybe that's because late in the game, we weren't quite as strong as we had been or something of the sort, but um, I was a bit surprised that number wasn't better, but that was a defensive struggle, and we put the clamps down on them defensively. Boston only had four transition points the whole game. They went 5 of 33 from 3. And a little bit to my point, everyone's so even that when you have a bad shooting night, you lose. We weren't great. We were 11 of 38 from 3. Jay's struggles continued 1 of 6. We weren't great at the line, 17 to 27, nor were they. We only shot 45% overall. We did um, have, as we talked about, a huge amount of shots right around the rim that weren't restricted area but turned out to be um, pretty darn good that night. We went 12 of 18, uh, only took five long twos. Four of six on corner threes was the first time in three games we've made a corner three. Um, But we've gotten less as we start to miss them. We're not taking quite as many of them. We take nine, three, and six our last three games. You know, it's an interesting question. Like, you're getting the right shots. You're... You're running your offense perfectly, and your personnel is not knocking them down. What do you do? But the defense on that night was great. The Jazz really blew the Celtics out in this game. This was not a close basketball game. Um, Donovan was superb. He had 28 points, 10 of 21 shooting, 5 of 12 from 3. Boston looks awful. Boston does not like each other, does not like playing with each other. They probably like each other, but they don't like playing with each other. There are not enough shots to go along around. Um, it's really quite evident. And they, you know, that they talked about it afterwards in the locker room. 
Al Horford said our guys are worried about their shots. Brad Stevens said we're lacking toughness. Uh, they're they're interesting. They lost four or five on the West Coast road trip with a lucky win over Phoenix. Then came back, blew out Chicago, who's just awful, and then went and beat Toronto in this brilliant game where everyone talked about how they're Western Conference champions again. Then we waxed them. Now, they have an incredibly easy schedule coming up, so they'll be right here pretty soon. If you look at their schedule, I don't think they play many above 500 teams here for a while. So Boston will get hot and feel good about themselves. So much of what's going on right now is where you where you are scheduling-wise. Uh, but the Jazz just took control of that game. Donovan, as I mentioned, was terrific. But more importantly, the Jazz got the best point guard play they've had all season long. Rubio and Exum did, brought a level to that game that they have not brought. 30 points, 11 rebounds in that game, and 5 assists. But more than the 30 points, both of them were brilliant defensively. Both of them brought a forced the tempo and played with an opening thrust to the Quinn out of the Dallas game. Quinn has really said to the guys, you got to push off makes and misses and get into the system earlier and play a bit freer than you have. That, that I think Quinn felt as though they'd become a little play dependent and a little uh, static offensively. And so he's tried to make that change with them to give them that freedom to uh, do more of, you know, to be a little bit more free in their play and hope that that's going to open up some of their offensive performances. Um, Again, we weren't brilliant offensively in that game. And some of, you know, according to Second Spectrum, we get the best shots in the league. According to Stats View, we get the third most amount of shots um, of open catch and shoots. We're at like 34% on those. League average is about 37. So we should be up. But we're probably not entirely a league average shooting team. Right? I would probably guess that we're a little bit below league average in our shooting. Don't you think? Uh, we were last year. So that would be probably why I would make that that supposition. And so it's, you know, this I think is unless something switches, it's probably going to be a little bit of a season-long struggle of the the system is getting these guys a ton of looks and they've got to hit shots. And I haven't really figured out how many of them have to be hitting. Um, the other night on open looks, we only shot 39%, 13 of 33 on uncontested looks. Donovan was 7 of 12. How Donovan's getting 12 uncontested looks is incredible. Rubio was two of four. He was one of seven, one contested. Boston was just, did not hit shots. 13 of 43. Uh, some of that's your defense, and some of that's being fortunate. And that's kind of what we talk about all the time here, is that it just goes and cuts both directions uh, in, in that regard. So we leave Boston feeling great about ourselves. Defense clicks back in, have a elite level defensive night shut down a not very good offensive team I think that's important to realize that that's a bad offensive team and we get the win and you've swept Boston so we're all happy and the roller coaster of insanity that is this season and how we feel about ourselves continues I'm trying to decipher what's going on and I'm not sure I have an answer right because even 
We beat Boston the first time in Salt Lake by having a brilliant offensive game and a not very good defensive game. We beat them the second time by having a brilliant defensive game and a not very good offensive game. So I can't find a common thread between, well, these are the teams that we have bad defensive games against. I can't necessarily find a thread on what's these are the teams we have a good offensive game against. It's really, it's, it's really mystifying, right? We shut down Memphis in Memphis with a brilliant defensive performance. And it's the same Memphis team that torched us on November 2nd. Now, Donovan didn't play that game, so maybe it's just a case you couldn't score. The 50-point loss to Dallas will be an anomaly that's going to sit out there for a while and skew us statistically. If you look at cleaning the glasses numbers, which don't look at, which take out blowout time, you get a little bit of a better perspective of where we are as a team. We'll do that uh, when we continue. Today's show is brought to you in part by Mazuma USA. If you're a small business owner, one to five employees and you are not using Mizuma, you are, one, costing yourself money, and two, probably not allocating your time to its maximum level as someone who's a small business owner. Bookkeeping, taxes take a lot of time, a lot of effort, and frankly take you away from what you should be doing as a small business owner. And that's where Mizuma comes in. For $75 a month, Mizuma will give you a CPA and a bookkeeper to keep all your stats and all your information. The way it sets up, you set up, you get assigned a bookkeeper, you get assigned a CPA. They get you, you have a consultation immediately. They hook in. You get your first set of reports. You have a tax plan discussion. Every month you get a report. Every quarter you get a tax planning call. At the end of the year, they have all your taxes done for you. They've monitored everything. No contract. You can cancel at any time and no hidden fees. MizumaUSA.com. Use the promo code LOCKED, L O C K. E-D, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, or call 801-980-2102. That's 801-980-2102. That's 801-980-2102. So if you look at cleaning the glass, we're the 17th ranked offense right now and the 9th ranked defense. That makes the defense look a lot better, the offense a little bit better. And what Cleaning the Glass is, is it's a numbers website that Ben Falk, former front office of the Pacers and Blazers, has built that eliminates blowout time. So that fourth quarter against Boston, uh, Dallas, when we put in our backups and they get run, does not exist in these numbers. What does still jump out on us is on the defensive end, we're allowing people to make shots at a much higher level than we did a year ago. Some of it is simply going to regress to the mean and work in our behalf. Some of it's unnatural. So teams are making one mid-range shot and one paint non-restricted shot, short mid-range shot, that they, sh- that they shouldn't be making. Uh, teams are shooting such a high percentage on- against us on those shots that you actually know it cannot hold, which is actually a big deal. This is going to get our defense back into the elite. So if you look right now at our defensive numbers, teams are shooting 44% on short mid-range shots 
and 45% on long, and overall shooting 44.3, worst in the NBA. Now, you can take two approaches. Coaches will want to tell you, well, it's because of our defense, and we need to fix this, and this and that. Except for on the other le- level, under Quinn Snyder, it's been 6th, 7th, 9th, and 12th the last four years. So it's just an anomaly. If you look at, the, if you remember those numbers, teams are shooting 44, 45, and 44, okay? Well, look at the, if you look at the league last year and look at the league stats and take just the top and the bottom, cut off the top and the bottom and see what the averages are around the league a year ago, the standard deviation shrinks considerably, and what you end up with is a sign that, of, that there's no way the Jazz will stay at those two numbers. They're not going to be the they're not going to go from being the seventh best team in the league to the worst team in the league in this category. So last year on all mid range teams, the fifth team in the league was thirty nine percent, and the twenty fifth team in the league was forty one point five. So that's the range. Right now we're at forty four. We're not going to stay there. The worst team in the last year was 42.9. It's just not going to stay there. It will regress to the mean. Let me make sure I, yeah. On long mid-range, the people are hitting 45%. The sixth best team last year was 39 defensively. And the sixth worst team was 42. It's going to get inside that range. And when it gets inside that range, it's one more miss on long twos and one more miss on short mid-range shots a night. That suddenly is, you know, probably three points because they get one of them as an offensive rebound. And if you start to look at our defensive numbers, what you'll begin to see is that all of a sudden they rise up and it's like, oh, we're playing so much better defense. And the truth is we got unusually unlucky early in the year on mid-range shots. I know it's so boring to like think about it that way, but it's true actually. <laughs> that I mean it really is. Right now defensively, we rank ninth. You go take off two or three points, we're back up into the elite four defensive teams in the league. Boston, Oklahoma City, Indiana, who we play tonight, and Memphis. Indiana is a great Indiana's a really interesting team. They're kinda like us tonight. So we're watching them play Miami on the plane. They they get beat in the first quarter. And you think to yourself, wow, they're not. And then you're watching the second quarter. Nothing spectacular seems to have happened. And all of a sudden, they're on a 24-5 to run. And it's very subtle. Demata Sabonis plays differently than anyone else. He plays right at the rim. They run four wide and, and post him up. And he's causing people problems. Their second unit's much better than their first unit tonight, so be aware of that. And they're really good defensively. They're the third best defensive team in the league. They're the sixth best team against the shot. They're forcing turnovers, which they've done under Nate McMillan for four straight years. There's no no fluke in that. They used to not be a very good defensive rebounding team. They're a better defensive rebounding team. And frankly, they're a better team with Sabonis on the floor than they are Miles Turner. And I think that's a little bit of a dance for Nate. On the flip side, they are getting unusually lucky on mid-range shots. Teams are shooting 32% on 
on all mid-range shots. Number one in the league defensively. They're getting unlucky on corner threes. Teams are shooting an unusual 45% on corner threes against them this year. So that seems a little high. That'll help their defense. But those mid-range shots can't stay at 31. They allow the most threes and the second most amount of corner threes in the NBA. So if we play our system and get our, we're going to have shots. On the fifth game of a road trip, on a team that's not shooting very well, whether we make those shots is going to be the story of the night. It's just that simple. I know. Not a lot of brilliant, overwhelming takes here that are going to stun you with what I'm telling you. It's a make-or-miss league. We're missing. Um, But we got the win in Boston with brilliant defense. It'll be interesting to see what we can do to them. Offensively, they're 20th in the league. Offensively, there is a chance Victor Oladipo is not going to play tonight, which changes who they are um, quite a bit. Would be He hit a cameraman and then played and then did not um, come back. Last year, they did not win a game without Oladipo. They were 0-7 without Victor Oladipo. All right, that wraps us up today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Lots of post-game coverage still available for you and will be tonight. My Instagram has the Donovan Dunk block of Gordon Hayward. Um, the Donovan Dunk block. Donovan block of Gordon Hayward's dunk. There we go. Uh, if you want to catch that, and I'll try to put some other things up because there were some other fun highlights from Boston. Have a great day. Talk to you soon.